Hello, you're listening to Track by Track, the Trash Music Podcast, with me, Dan Bull, editor of Trash, which you can find at movetotrash.co.uk, and me, Wilwar, a music enthusiast and contributor to Trash. And Dan, we're back again, just a day after waxing lyrical about Sophie Ellis Beckstar to talk about, I think, something that's very close to our hearts growing up. Absolutely, yes. So Sophie Ellis Bexter is is a fine way into it, a fantastic British, very British pop star. And tonight it's the Brit Awards. And what better way to celebrate this iconic evening in the British music calendar than a track-by-track episode dedicated to it. It's like the warm-up to the Brits. It's like the pre-red carpet, pre-awards. So the red carpet on ITV2 with... Uh, um, with um, oh, what's his name with the high pitched voice oh, Joe Swash Joe Pasquale Joe Pasquale <laughs> yeah Joe Pasquale and Brian Connolly on the red carpet with Lee Evans flailing around in the background what a strange award ceremony it is actually <laughs> well some fantastic memories that I have from it and I'm sure you do too and I'm sure we'll come on to discuss them but this episode you know track by track for every episode we've done so far we've been taking an album and going through track by track for this episode, we're still celebrating the album, but not just one. We're celebrating the five albums that have been nominated for Best British Album at this year's awards. And what a group, actually, of nominees this year. I think, just first of all, full disclosure, I think uh, over through the course of the last ten years, my interest in the Brit Awards has probably waned a little bit. But this year, just looking at some of the nominees uh, in, in all the categories, actually, feels like a great time to get stuck stuck back into it again. Absolutely, and I have to say the same. This used to be a night on the calendar, much like... Um, the Smash It's Pole Winners Party. And Children in Need, <laughs> that I would have to watch. You know, it was a huge Or when they night. put them all in the Big Brother house. Yeah, so five five great nominees. Maybe we should... should can we read them out as if we, we're there on the night? So the nominees for the MasterCard British Album of the Year are... 1975 for a brief inquiry into online relationships. Anne Marie, speak your mind. Florence and the Machine, high as hope. George Ezra, staying at Tamara's. And Georgia Smith, lost and found. Now, Will, are there any that immediately stand out to you? Uh, I just think um, the 1975 have had such an incredible year. I would be gobsmacked if they don't win this category. And is it too early to be saying that in this in this episode? I don't know, but. Feels like it's their year this year yeah. to do really well at the Brits. They are certainly one of the biggest British bands out there right now. For me, though, the winner is Florence and the Machine, as high as hope. I've been a fan of Florence since the first album, and whenever she comes out with another one, I do think, is she going to be able to top that? Is she going to be able to create that magic again? And for me, this I remember you know that moment when you put an album on for the first time and there's no dodge, you just play it through and you enjoy every second and it's already a favourite album of yours and that's what I got with Highest Hope. So let's go back to the top of this list then and I think enjoy enjoy a track from each of these artists as we're considering kind of how they'll do this evening and what they're, what they're up, what each of them are up against. So let's start with the 1975 and Dan, I picked this one, I have to say, a great one of my favourite songs of theirs and you'll you'll hear why knowing me knowing you um, <laughs> this is uh, two time two time two time you my eyes, but I'm 
I wasn't a fan of 1975 before this album, and I think when Give Yourself a Try and this track came out, it made me really take notice of them and see the range um, and the, and how comfortable they were kind of straddling genres, doing what they wanted to do. Yeah, they're a very interesting band. I was quite into them when the first kind of album came out. I quite enjoyed um, Chocolate particularly, which everyone, I think, heard that one quite a lot. But I have to say with the second and, th- and then this album, just, you know, when you know it's so popular, so you think, oh, everyone's listened to it, I'll, I'll give it a listen later, and you never get around to it. It was only when researching this episode that I've really given this album a try. And there's so much that I respect about the 1975. And like you said, they're very experimental with the sound and they're not afraid to be quite poppy with it as well. Um, but at the same time, I think you, you could liken them to really experimental stuff like Radiohead or Pink Floyd or something like that. It's it's on the pop side of that, I'd say. Is that with a pop finish? Also, I really love the fact that this band is four guys who met at school and they formed this band in some form in 2002. So they've put in a lot of graft. Like They're huge now, they're selling out arenas, but they've put in a lot of graft to get there. And this is such a cohesive record as well. Just the whole, just from the title of the album, a brief inquiry into online relationships, and then kind of listening to the tracks and thinking about how each track makes part of that inquiry is a great concept for an album. There's a very interesting one that we shan't play now, but you know everyone should go and listen to this album. It's called "The Man Who Married a Robot," which um, makes me think of that Robin and Roikesop. Roikesop. The Girl and the Robot, mm. which is a wonderful pop record. Pop record. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, a real different approach to an album in from this album with them. You know, some great, you know, you've got rock in there, pop in there, electro in there, a bit tropical in there as well. Mm. Um, it's a brilliant mix. And I think if you're looking for an, an original album that stands out above everything else that's, that's come out this year, whilst also having enjoyed success, this has to be a strong contender for that. Yes, and and produced by George and Matt from the band as well, so even more to respect from them, I think. And it's it's part one of uh, sort of a double set, so the next entry, the next album, um, which is called Notes on a Conditional Form, uh, is coming out very soon. Any anything more specific than very soon? May twenty nineteen. Oh, lovely. Okay, that's not that far away at all. Actually, no. that's great to hear. So, should we move on to album number two? Yeah, who's next up? So next is Amory, and the album is Speak Your Mind. So let's dive into this one with two thousand and two. I will always remember the day you kissed my lips, light as a feather. And it went just like this No, it's never been better Than the summer Of 2002 We were only 11 But acting like grown-ups Like we are in the present Drinking from plastic I guess the 1975 Reasonably well-known Very popular at the moment And Marie's probably more of an emerging artist this year but Dan, you might be familiar with her collabs. Mm, do tell me more. Uh, Clean Bandit. Of course, Rockabye. Yes, absolutely. She's also collaborated with uh, the likes of Rudimental, 
David Guetta and James Arthur. The mighty James Arthur. The mighty James Arthur. Yes, I did see them perform together on the X Factor final. And I believe he wasn't very happy because there was some sort of interference with his um, in-ear monitors. Oh dear, bit of a diva. He seems like a lovely lad. And Anne-Marie seems like a lovely lass as well, <laughs> actually. So she's had, a, she's had a great year. This album did very well, up to number three on the UK album chart. I think what's interesting about this one, talking about how the 1975 is produced by two of the four members of the band, if you look at the list of producers and collaborators on this one, it is it, it's a list that goes on and on and on. And that's no criticism whatsoever, but it's a very different way of making music. Anne-Marie is credited as the writer or as a co-writer throughout, which I guess puts it in a similar category to some of the things we've looked at, like like with Sophie Ellis-Bexter and Rachel Stevens and things like that, where it's a real kind of, the album is a complete collection of ideas one rather than just one theme running throughout it. So perhaps, you know, in a few years' time, we might look back to this one as a classic British female pop debut. And who's to say it isn't that already? Uh, it's a great, you know, I, I didn't, Full disclosure, I wasn't a big fan of Anne-Marie. Didn't know too much about her until the last week or so and I've been listening to this album. It's a great collection of contemporary pop songs with a bit of an R&B pop twist to it. This one's a little bit more acoustic and it would come as no surprise to see who one of the co-writers is on this track. A certain Mr Sheeran, perhaps? He's He gets everywhere, doesn't he? He does. But I... What I like about this one, he does have that skill of sort of putting in references to songs that you wouldn't normally find there. And this one, of course, references a lot of music from 2002. So things like, or not specifically just 2002, but things like Baby One More Time, Oops, I Did It Again, 99 Problems, Bye Bye Bye, The Next Episode and Ride With Me. I love how 2002 is now like a nostalgic year and reference back to there was that track recently Charlie XCX 1999 as well where the front cover is her and that guy what's his name Troy Sheevan oh yes Australian guy they're dressed up from the Matrix so that's now like history it's vintage but they're also singing about things that they weren't really old enough to appreciate at the time in those songs as well the thing about that that makes me feel terrifies me is that them doing that now in in twenty is it twenty nineteen? I don't even know. What it, it is, is. yeah. So twenty nineteen, year. <laughs> looking back twenty years to the Matrix and that kind of thing. That is the equivalent of us in nineteen ninety nine, looking back to nineteen seventy nine, which that thought and putting it into that perspective makes me feel a bit sick. Janet Ellis was presenting Blue Peter, <laughs> <laughs> but if you think about the Brits in nineteen ninety nine. Isn't that when? Jerry Hallowell came out of those huge legs for Bag It Up. Do you know what? I thought we weren't going to get through this special episode without you mentioning Jerry Hallowell's massive legs. <laughs> well, Or the Union Jack dress she wore for the Spice Girls performance that year. In 97. Well. And that was iconic. If I think for a lot of people, if you think about the Brits... Brits 97 was peak Brits. Yes. The Spice Girls were around. Britpop was huge. Kind of that ladette culture with like Zoe Ball and Sarah Cox. And these are all things we've referenced on previous weeks in the podcast as well. Building up to this. It's all come here. This is it. Thank you. Good night. (laughs) No. (laughs) So Anne-Marie, I think she's in with a chance actually. um, As as an emerging solo artist now in her own right. 
three of collaborations. She's also nominated um, for Best Solo, Best Female Solo Artist. And is, I was going to say it's Rockabye up for Best Single, but that's a bit old. It's been a few years ago when that came out, isn't it? Yes, Rockabye is a few years old now. But yeah, Anne-Marie is in the category British Female Solo Artist, so she could she could have a couple of gongs to display at the end of the night. Depends how drunk she gets at the at the after show party. She does a Judy Finnegan. <laughs> that was the Telly Awards, wasn't it? Well, potato potato. So, the third album that we're going to look at is someone a little bit further in their journey than Anne Marie. It's the fourth studio album from Florence and the Machine, which is called High as Hope. So that was Hunger, the lead single from High as Hope. Will I mention before, I'm a huge fan of Florence. How about you? Absolutely. And I remember the first time I saw Florence, it was at the Motorpoint Arena in Cardiff. Oh, what on earth were you doing there? I know, I know. I was living in Bristol at the time. I mean, you probably don't want my life story. But it was a very special night because she just blew everyone away. Yeah. And I love the fact, I remember we saw her at Clastonbury as well a few years ago. And she was, she just goes for it and she doesn't stop. The no. energy that she has and the energy that she creates is incredible. And she shows no sign of kind of waning with it at all. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I just want to correct myself very quickly there. It's very confusing nowadays with singles and buzz tracks and all this kind of thing. Hunger wasn't the, f- the lead single, sorry, that was Sky Full of Song, but Hunger was released just a few weeks later. And I think that is the track that stands out from this album, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I love the fact she's very faithful, or they are as a collective, very faithful to these epic, you know, really immersive tracks. But at the same time, every album sounds different and kind of moves on slightly as well. And it's no surprise that this album is in for best British album of the year, because it's so good still. Yes. And this, if she did win, this wouldn't be Florence's first Brit Award either so she has won in the past she's, she's won a, a British Album Award actually uh, back in 2010 for her debut album Lungs and the year before that she got the Critics Choice Award which obviously if you get that award there's a good chance you're onto good things Butcher's Choice <laughs> and she's given quite a few good performances at the Brits over the years I know you mentioned you've kind of not listened to it as much the last few but you remember seeing her she did the Collaboration with Dizzy Rascal. Have yes. you got the love? Yeah, that was brilliant. Many years ago. Um, and she did No Light, No Light. No Late, No Late, No Light, No Light. A few years after. No Likey, No Lighty. <laughs> so let's move on now to our fourth artist in this rundown. And um, we're going to go and enjoy George Ezra. And um, the track I've selected is one that's very familiar. If you've ever watched TV or listened to the radio ever <laughs> this is hold my girl i've got time i've got love got confidence rise above 
Give me a minute to hold my girl. Give me a minute to hold my girl. Crowded town, silent bed. Be a good place to rest your head. Give me a minute to hold my girl. I think basically, if you haven't heard that song, Shotgun or Paradise, over the last year or so, you've been living under a rock. So what we're trying to say is George Ezra, um, not that George Ezra is overexposed and will do anything on anything, but (laughs) he's had a great year. He's had a lot of opportunities come his way. um, He's been very fortunate to be um, performing on so many different levels and different platforms. Um, but he has had a great year. He's had a fantastic year. He's one of those artists that, you know, singer, songwriter, acoustic. It's not like he's the first person in the world to be doing that. But he, his success is phenomenal. He's gone from playing, I saw him early this year, no, sorry, later last year, at the Brixton Academy, which you'd think, wow, he's selling out the Brixton Academy. That's really huge. But he's gone on to actually sell out an arena tour and have loads and loads of extra dates added to it as well so you know there's nothing to dislike about him I don't think if you see him in interviews or anything like that he seems like a very humble chap is the music 100% to our taste probably not but it's not offensive is it not at all and you know the three tracks that you referenced I I enjoy those tracks I don't love them as much as I love Something a bit more electronic. Something a little bit more electronic. Um, but it's pleasant enough, isn't it? And he seems like a nice guy. Definitely. Paradise, again, it, you and I love something with a bit of electronic in it, but Paradise is a real kind of thumping, energetic song that you can't help but tap your foot to. And he's got a, such a unique voice as well. Mm. Very blessed. Yes. Blessed. Bass baritone, I believe, is the official... Uh, you had to put put a put a sound to it. Where have you learned those technical terms from? Uh, Wikipedia. Oh, have you heard of it? No, <laughs> it's not very reliable, I'm afraid. He's also in the running for three awards this year. So album of the year, as we've been talking about, but also British single of the year for the aforementioned Shotgun, and also for British male solo artist. And I think he's in with a shout for any or and or all of those awards. Definitely. And if you jump back four years. To the Brits 2015, he was up for British male solo, British album, and British single. Wow, so um, and he didn't win any of them, so hopefully this year will be his <laughs> year. Fingers crossed, George. I'd be very happy for George to get it. He's, uh, as we say, he just seems like a really lovely lad. Big football fan as well, I know he's well into the World Cup in the summer. Right, I've changed my tune actually. He's a yob. <laughs> Uh, lovely guy um, with a wonderful voice and we're on to the final nominee of the category so this one this album is called Lost and Found and it's by Georgia Smith so let's have a listen to a little bit from Georgia and this is February the 3rd February 3rd 
What a quite a delicate voice in that song. I mean, it's quite a mix on the album itself, but I do think, obviously, as you know, not a fan of something slower, but that's that's very nice. It's nice, it's atmospheric, and I have to say, of all of the acts that were nominated this year, Georgia Smith was the one that I didn't know as, as, as well. Um, but a fantastic story, kind of reading about her, her life before she was picked up, and she used to work in Starbucks at the age of 18 and would be recording uh, tracks on a break into a into a phone. So, you know, that kind of... You have to respect someone who didn't go for, you know, the easy route, the X Factor, whatever, but actually um, took the long route and then was able to create an album like this that's respected by the Brits. And that, you know, she's worked with a lot of huge names, um, Drake and Stormzy, to name just a couple. Yeah, and she contributed to the soundtrack of... Black Panther, which is probably of the most recent spate of Marvel films, is probably the the best one, and yeah. the one that's received the most accolades and attention, and Definitely. rightly so because it's a brilliant film. Don't know if you've seen it. It's a great film. To be honest, I was bored stiff of Marvel films, and that one came out, and it was obviously it's um, it's been recognised not only for being a great film, but also for representing different groups. But I think the soundtrack did that as well which is fantastic so having someone like Georgia on there is part of the quality of that piece unless we forget last year she won uh, at the Brits she won the Critics Choice Award and good for her following Florence and the Machine who won it 10 years ago this very year um, it's very interesting when you look at not only who won it because some of them you think Goodness me, they're so huge now. I can't believe that they were that new at one point. No, but what's more interesting, which you're probably going to come on to say, is... It's in the other nominees. Yeah. Yes, so with Florence was Little Boots and White Lies. Ah, Little Boots. Little Boots. Yeah. Still making music, um, but not as mainstream. Um, But yeah, last year the winner was Georgia against Mabel and Stefan Don. Mabel, she's got a brilliant song out at the moment. Have you heard Don't Call Me Up? I haven't. It's fantastic. You should listen to that. Do you think it's going to get a Brit Award next year? I love it, and I know quite a few people that do love it, but I'm not sure, because I'm not close to what's popular in the charts, how commercially successful it is, but it does sound like it would be and should be. Mm. And she should be. She's got a great EP out at the moment. So Mabel, one one to watch for next year. But... She's not on the list for this. So just a reminder then that it's the 1975 Anne-Marie, Florence and the Machine, George Ezra and Georgia Smith all up for the best British album. And who knows in when, the, when this album's marking its fifth or tenth year, perhaps it will get the full track-by-track treatment. And Dan, I know I said who I want to win. Who do you... Who, first of all, who would you like to win? And second question, who do you think will win? I would like Florence to win. I think, just I think it's a, it's very true to Florence and the Machine's style, but also I think it's quite a masterpiece and one of those albums where there's a few different sounds in there. Not all the tracks sound exactly the same, but it it flows perfectly. But I think the 1975 will get it, and I wouldn't be upset if that was the case. How about you? I would love it if it was 1975. I've just got a real feeling like George Ezra could triumph mm. this year because he's had such a good year uh, and he's so 
so in the public consciousness. Yeah. I think he'll be in the critics' consciousness as well. So we'll find out this evening. Um, yes. Or if, depending on what time you're listening to this podcast or what day you're listening to it, you might already know what the result is going which to be. Which means you know more than us, which wouldn't be the first time, probably. Abs- absolutely. And Dan, I have to say, we were talking about Brit's memories earlier. What for you sticks out in your mind as well, uh, other than Jerry Hannewell's massive legs? Uh, well, it wasn't the fact that they were massive. It was, it was the fact that they were open um, and the massive space between them, actually, that she, her and the dancers walked out from. That's the real memory from that year. The memory from that year as well, of course, is that at that same year, um, the rest of the band received the outstanding contribution. Um, so a very awkward time, surely, for the girls. But my, my other memories of the Brits are... Um, as a huge fan of Duran Duran when they got the Outstanding Contribution Award in, I think it was 2004, that was a real sort of celebration. Uh, likewise, we're both big fans of the Pet Shop Boys when they got theirs, it was fantastic. Um, and actually, I have to, off the back of that, probably my favourite Brit performance has to be the Pet Shop Boys medley featuring... Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. And yeah. Brandon Flowers. Yeah, absolutely. And... Again, we've waxed lyrical about the Pet Shop Boys probably too much. Oh, um, feedback received. And the surprise EP was just a wonderful treat a few weeks ago. And I love the fact that they were there, obviously performing in a medley, some of their greatest hits, but with two very current artists with them. Yes. What was also great about that was that they released a studio version of the medley, didn't they? Without the guests, but it was pure Pet Shop Boys for... 12 minutes of just a real celebration of their work today. And it's on my playlist, Best of the Pet Shop Boys playlist that I listen to very regularly. Well, that, that track is all you need for that playlist, isn't it? <laughs> I think the other memory that sticks in my mind, everyone remembers the events and the things that happened. So the Michael Jackson Earth Song performance with Jarvis Cocker yeah. showing his appreciation. And his bottom. <laughs> and... I think, obviously, people always refer to that disastrous year with Nick Fleetwood and Samantha Fox presenting as well, yeah. which was even before my time. Really? But which you can still relive online, and which always gets brought out again this around this time of year when they reflect, when they reflect on the Brit Awards. Yeah. I always wanted to be there when I was a teenager because it, it always seemed like the most incredible night, just the most incredible night yeah. ever. Especially when... When they do the Outstanding Contribution Award and then there's that huge like medley of songs from them like Pet Shop Boys or Duran Duran and everyone's on their feet and the camera kind of shows people in the audience, all these random musicians that you wouldn't expect to be listening to that kind of music. Everyone's just on their feet and showing their admiration and appreciation. That's the bit I kind of wanted to be there for. So that's that's our view on the, the Brits, the best album contenders of this year. And we're very much going to be looking forward to sitting down with a cup of tea to watch how it all plays out. So we're not going to the... No, we're not going. Maybe next year. Yeah. Um, best British music podcast category. Hint, hint. Hint, hint. If there are any people listening that are on the um, nomination board. On the committee. On the committee. <laughs> so that's the... That's 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 that. Dan, what's coming up next week? Well, it's less than a week away now, the next episode. Yeah, we kind of shoehorned this one in, didn't we? This is a special episode. um, And next Tuesday, we go back to our usual programming. But 
it does have a Brits twist to it. So the album that we're covering next week, um, I shan't say who it is or what it is, but I will say that it's an outstanding contribution to the music world. And to say anything more would be to give it away. So we'll leave that little tidbit for you there. Enjoy the Brits tonight if you're watching um, and we'll see if some of our predictions play out. And do let us know what your thoughts are on this year's Best British Album but also share some of your Brits memories with us at Move to Trash UK hashtag track by track. And uh, don't forget, uh, on Apple Podcasts, do give us a rating and a review if you like what you hear from us, if you enjoy these extra episodes we shoehorned in. Um, do let us know and do uh, show your appreciation. So, until next time, I've been Mick Fleetwood. And I've been Samantha Fox. Bye-bye. Goodbye. <laughs>